Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255 or text 580-580. With Frank Napolitano and Paul Rushforth, here is Steve Gregory. Wow. Wow. That is a, that is a shock right there. Everybody in the studio again. Uh-huh. Yep. And and I bought breakfast again, but that's again that's good, that's normal. Paul Paul's smiling because I bought breakfast again. Well, it's funny though when he did pull his wallet out, there was cobwebs on it because <laughs> yeah. like, he hasn't pulled it out in so long. But I said, Frank, does that thing still work? <laughs> does he does he still use cash? He still uses cash. Yes. No. What, what he didn't notice is that his my credit card had Paul Rushworth on it, but he'll figure that out in a month yeah. or so. Uh, you and how many other people have my credit card? <laughs> you brought a guest, Frank. I did. I did. Uh, pleasure to have Avish Buck, Uncle Buck, Avish Buck in the house. Uh, but I don't think his microphone, I don't know if his microphone's on. Yeah, it's on. It's on? Okay, yeah. perfect. Welcome, Avish, and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks for having me on the show, Frank, and, and everyone. Uh, uh, my name is Avish Buck, and I'm the president of MCAN Home. Uh, really happy here to, to talk a little bit about mortgages and what's going on in the market. Awesome. Which has been a crazy week with the SVV Bank failure last week, and then uh, yeah, the others other aren't doing so well either. No, and there's more. <laughs> they say more in the woodwork, but I don't know, Avish. What are you hearing? I mean, you hear way more than I do. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, if the runoff on banks continue, I mean, you you'll see the bond market continue to to go down. I mean, uh, but that said, I think. Uh, First Republic was the last one on Friday, and a consortium of banks, uh, J.P. Morgan and Citi, uh, jumped in to save them. So, uh, you know, and we've seen Credit Suisse as well, where they jumped in to help them out. So, I, I don't expect, uh, you know, that that failure to continue, and definitely not to come to Canada. But uh, if it does continue, you would definitely see uh, bond yields continue to drop. What well, do you think of the economists it. now saying there's a 50-50 chance in April that the uh, prime is going to come down a quarter point? I don't believe that. I, I don't know if you do. I think it's too uh, early. I, yeah, I think it's too early. I think unless, you know, a Canadian bank were to <laughs> sort of, you know, uh, run into the same situation as uh, the U.S., uh, I can't see bond yields coming down in April, but I expect it to come down uh, fourth quarter. Yeah. I would say fourth. Yeah, the and Bank maybe, of Canada, you mean. The bond uh, the, yields are coming down. Yeah, yeah the, the, the crime may be fourth, fourth quarter to come down, yeah. But our, our fixed rates should be coming down now with the bonds coming down so so fast, right? We've seen that, and actually MCAN's one of the leaders. And uh, what are the rates now? Uh, so our, our five-year right now is at, at 479. Um, and, and, you know, some of our partners can even get a special pricing that can go down to 469. Um, but, yeah, I mean, bond yields gone down. I would say 60 basis points from the beginning of this month. Uh, that's that's incredible. And he went down further and then came back up a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I think I think right now is a, is a great time for buyers looking to enter the spring market. This is a great rate, four six nine on a five year fix. And, and it's a and buyers rate. now have learned to stomach that, right? Like if you would have said a year ago your rate's going to be five seven or four seven nine. You'd be like, no chance. I can't go that high. But buyers are now seeing that four seven nine almost as like a bargain now because it's been higher than that, right? So, and and we're we're seeing a lot of buyers who are jumping back into the game now. We saw so many buyers for the longest time sitting on the sidelines, waiting for rates to change, waiting for prices to drop. It's the uh, uncertainty of it all, right? Well, I think we've seen, uh, and I've been saying this now for a few weeks. We, we I I think we've seen our bottom, and I think we're starting to climb again. And and I've. You know, I've, uh, you know, Frank and I were talking this morning. He said, like, he feels like the market's already rebounded, like it's it's starting to change, and I I, I do too. And I've, 
I've been saying for the longest time that it's, it's, you got to get in sooner than later because we could take off just as quick as we did at the start of 2022. And if that happens, if you get caught with your, with your pants down and, and, and the right, the, the, the market just starts to take off really, really quick. And you know, that townhome you could have bought for, you know, 575, 590 is now 650, 660. You've, you've cost yourself a lot of money. So I think it's time we're seeing a lot of people starting to jump back into the market. We're seeing people that were sitting on the sidelines jump back into the market. Uh, buyers that were holding off are now back into the market. So it, it's good. It's really good. I think everything points to good, right? First of all, you got spring officially coming in on Monday. Yep. And then everything else has seemed to be held. And it seems like we've topped out for rates. Yep. It, we and ho- bottomed out for price. And I think, yeah. So it's like a perfect storm. I feel like we, we've we've topped out for rates and we've bottomed out for prices. And I think there's only one way to go and that's up. So... You know, I, when Greg and I shot a, a video recently with, you know, telling people, you you know, you got six months and we shot another one the week after saying, sorry, you now have three months. And, and I venture to guess you probably have another month or two before the market actually really starts to just balloon. So it, it, all, all signs are pointing the right way. Uh, I love the optimism out there. You know, six, seven, eight months ago, you used to talk to a buyer and they were dejected and they're like, you know, I can't get into the market. And now it's totally changed. Buyers like, yeah. I can stomach these rates. I'll take a short-term, short-term mortgage. mortgage. Uh, I'll stomach these rates. I'll jump in. I'll get it for a good price. I mean, anytime you see townhomes that used to be at seven fifty are now selling for five, under under six hundred, the market shifted. So it's 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 only going one way, and it's going up. Have sellers come around too now that they realize? All right, this is what I know. My property isn't worth what it was a year ago. Some, some. It's still an argument, still a battle. My neighbor got this eight months ago. Well, sorry, I don't care what your neighbor got eight months ago, a year ago, a year and a half ago. It's the market's completely shifted. Uh, when we're doing comparables now, we no longer do comparables for a, a month, two, three, four months down the road. It's like, what happened last week? Yeah. You know, what happened two weeks ago? What happened three weeks ago? Uh, so, you know, I remember back in the day when the when the homes weren't selling very quick, you could go six months and look at comparables and, and, and figure out a price. Now it's, you know, you can't even go a month or two and it's it's too long. But you okay, can get right, around boy. that conversation though quickly, Paul. And I, you know, I truly believe, I always say to clients, listen, if you're in the market, you're in the market. So whatever happens, it's going to happen both ways. The only time that somebody can say, well, last year I could have gotten 800 for it, is if you're selling and not getting back in the market. But if you, but I would say to them, listen, if you were getting 800 for it last year, then you realize when you bought the house that you're going to buy now for 700 would have been 900 last yeah. year. So yeah. just be careful what you wish for. First-time homebuyers are the ones that have paid the price mainly during the craziness because they were getting in at, at top market. But if you were already a homeowner, you were either winning on the sale end, but then it was going to cost you on the buy end, or now, yeah, you may not be getting as much, but you're also going to get a better deal when you buy your next home too that you would have had to overpay last year. So, Very true. Yeah. You guys yeah. think there'll be anything for first-time home buyers in the budget? doesn't feel like it. I don't know if you're seeing anything. They're, they're very quiet on the housing front. If anything, I mean, the, the issue, and we had, we had Sage and Brandon from Sage and give us you know, an overview Especially in Ottawa, was the average credit score was in the it's like, like seven hundred, seven twenty five or do something. Think, I do think it, it may be there may be something there because that was the number one concern for uh, everyone voting, especially for young voters, is housing affordability. Yeah. So I I do hope that the, there's something there. Um, I do know there's other programs out there from insurers and ourselves trying to help first time home buyers, but I would hope there's something there. What would you guys like to see? I'd love to see year a, amortization. I'd love to see a specialized yeah. first-time home buyer package where, listen, it's a first-time home buyer package, and the RSP is nice, but not a lot of first-time home buyers have had the time to top up their RSP even to thirty-five thousand. Mm-hmm. So it's nice. I think the thirty-five thousand dollars RSP works for 
um, you know, people that have gone through a marital breakup where they've had time to to accrue and, and they can take the money out of the RSP. You know, they've got this new home savings plan that's come into effect, and it's like a TFSA, but it's you can do a TFSA too. So uh, I'd like to see a 30-year amortization yeah. personally uh, for first-time home buyers. Um, I think that's important because cash yeah. flow is usually, you know, an issue for first-time issue. home yeah. buyers. So 30-year am would definitely help. Why are they on the fence with this? Because people are living longer now. They want to kick up the age that we retire. Why wouldn't they just bring in a 30-year amortization? It isn't going to hurt anyone. Uh, yeah, I mean. Well, the crazy part is that you can buy with 5% down, and then at the end of your term, if your property value has gone up and you've got enough equity, now you can refinance it for 30 years. So at 28 years old, you're buying your first home. You can only have a 25-year amortization. But then at 33 years old, if you've got the equity built up, now you can refinance it for 30 years. So that's that's where the – to me, that's where the breaking point is. Yeah. Like there's something wrong with that. I'd like to uh, see the way it's done. We've talked for years how the first-time home buyers really keep the market going. If you can't get the first-time home buyers in the market, how do the move-up buyers move on? Downsizers move on. They spur the market, and and over the last little bit, keeping the first-time home buyers out of the market has really affected our market. And and you can tell. I mean, it's it's been flat for a while now because first-time home buyers couldn't afford. And I just say, the give them hope. Yeah. Like right now, there's too many young people that don't have hope for home ownership, and I think you know I think the government should be looking at young Canadians and saying, we're going to give you hope. Like, we're going to put a program together. And listen, that first-time home buyer incentive program, it's a failure. It's been a failure right from, from the onset. Tweak that a little bit. Get rid of your share. Like, give it to them, but take yeah, get, that never get rid of your share. It never me. made sense No, how the government wants share. And, of course, they they introduced it saying, but we'll, we'll also take a loss if the property value comes down. Because yeah, like, yeah, when have we ever lost? Yeah, you know, that like, doesn't yeah. happen. So. But the share equity program is, is on the rise in Australia and New Zealand. And I, and I do expect that to, to come to Canada as well, because that would help first-time homebuyers get into the market. Where the government shares a portion of your... Well, no, it might not even be with the government. It might be different investors entering yeah. the market, same as Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. Um, well, their prices are way yeah. out of whack. I mean, my sister lives in Australia, yeah. and she just bought a house, and it was like, you know, nothing under a million bucks. Yeah. You can't find anything under they, a million They have bucks. a similar issue. And even for us, I mean, you see a lot of more people... Uh, having you know intergenerational housing with the whole lineage of yeah. family staying in one home, yeah. not selling it, just keeping a whole of it, passing it on to the son. Frank, so, Frank's actually thinking of adding a third <laughs> kitchen in his yeah. house. You know, yeah. you know. so, You're I, in I, Toronto, <laughs> Avish, and I, you know I think the temperature is different. Like like if you think it's you know we've been quiet here in Toronto is even worse. I mean on the mortgage front, oh, yeah. the mortgage brokers <laughs> that I talk to in Toronto are, are starving right now because no one can afford. No one can afford. And then, you know, for insurable, which is where you really get the good rates, and insurable means you go to a 25-year amortization instead of 30, the cap is a million dollars on a property value. So if it's valued over a million, you can't do that anymore. So, and in Toronto, yeah, good in luck Toronto, finding. Good luck yeah. finding anything. <laughs> That's a shack. Yeah. That's a shack in <laughs> yeah. Toronto. No, but I said, I, Steve's daughter is a real estate agent in uh, Toronto. Both are, and, yeah, yeah. yeah, both are, and they're both facing the same thing, right? Well, they're... They're good, so they make a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) But but I will say, I think people are starting to sort of get grasp the new reality is that the rates you had during COVID, you're not going to see that for a long time. Yeah, I expect rates to sort of be in the mid threes to mid fours uh, for for a long time. Really? Uh, Isn't that isn't that about where where they should be? Really, around we've said that for a long time. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Right. I mean, I've talked about it for the last eight ten years. The new norm is between three and four yeah. percent. Like depending yeah. on where we're we're at, the only reason we're above four now is because again we've got un- unfortunate circumstances where inflation's run out of control, and 
they have to they have to bring it back. But once we get back to that two percent inflation mm-hmm. rate, expect your rates a five year mortgage to be between three and four. I don't know. I'm greedy. I'd like to get back to one and three quarters. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm nice. greedy. You know. Yeah. yeah. Nice. But I will say this. Uh, I mean, the other issue too is we still have a housing supply problem. Yeah. That's time. not going anywhere. And we have how many immigrants coming in the next three years? One point five. Uh, billion, yeah, five hundred. Uh, oh, sorry, a million. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, at the end of the day, live? where are they going to live, right? And and I think we ha- we're not building housing, new housing, fast enough. So, yeah. in the long run, I think it's getting better. <laughs> it's in gonna... Ottawa, Gatineau, though, up seven hundred percent. Yeah, well, new housing. Yeah, we've been saying this for a long time, though. I mean, I'm friends with a lot of builders, and the red tape to to get a shovel in the ground is yeah. torture, mm-hmm. and the, the the cost and the red tape is torture. Like, we need build. Shovels in that ground quicker, way quicker than what we're doing right now. We're still under three thousand active listings on the market right now. We're we're mid March. You know we should be in the sixes and sevens. We're yeah. under three thousand. So even though we we feel like listings are hitting the market, there's not enough supply. There's just not. And I think you couple that with the rates coming down, the demand on housing, no supply. It's going to skyrocket again. Trust me here. We'll find out how quick that happens when we come back. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We will be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back. All right, Paul, you said there's only about 3,000 listings right now. Do you think that with all of this optimism and depending on what happens with the budget later in March, if it's good news, do you think that could explode or do you think it'll be a gradual increase if it is? It's hard to tell. I mean, we've been for probably the last, well, since COVID, we've been really short on supply. We weren't as short before, but it's just, there's nothing really going on as far as building. Uh, will it ex- will it explode? I think what will explode is the buyer side. I think we're going to see a lot of millennials, a lot of people who've been sitting on the sidelines waiting for things to change. As soon as it changes, they're jumping in. And the problem is there's not going to be enough to buy. You know, there's still, when I'm doing comparables, there's still not enough comparables at this time of year. Usually if I'm looking, let's say for a, you know, four bedroom, single family home in a certain neighborhood, you know, I might have 12, 15 comparables. Uh, in some areas, we have more. In other areas, we have nothing. You know, in some of the older areas where, we, where there's not a lot of new home building going on, you see no comparables. In an area where there's lots of new home building going on, it's totally different. You have tons and tons and tons of comparables, especially in certain segments like a townhouse market. We've seen the townhouse market probably drop the biggest because it's an easy product to build. Builders are making more money on the towns and the, and the, and the high-density homes, so they're building those. And what's happening is we're seeing a glut on the market right now. So even though we're really short of inventory in the market – there's some product that are oversaturated in the market, especially in suburbia. So, Bigger homes not moving as much, like not listing as quickly now? Well, people so, sitting on those? Well, we saw during COVID, we saw a lot of families moving in together, right? So we saw the, the bigger homes became very popular. The acreages became very popular. The country properties became very popular as people were working from home. We're slowly seeing a little bit of a shift back from that. Uh, the bigger homes are not as popular right now. Uh, but as we went through COVID, I actually walked into a couple builders when we were going through COVID, um, and they were selling 33, 34, 3,500 square foot homes. And I was like, when did this change? Because there was nobody building these big homes back in the day there was, but builders were, you'd walk into a new home show center and you'd have, you know, the 22 to 2,500 square foot home would be your most popular model. Uh, 
during COVID, it went up to the 3,000 plus models and now it's come back again. So the little, the, the smaller homes are more popular again. So, you know, we still have an appetite for the country properties, for the bigger properties, for the, for the acreages. Uh, but I think there's a shift coming away from that back to small again that we didn't see during COVID. And I would think the living room's changed into a home office now. Like they used to do dining room, living room. I don't know that anybody does a living room anymore. They probably make it a home office in case... There's, or a kitchen. So if you or go a kitchen, if you're Italian, <laughs> no, but you can't have two kitchens on the same floor. It's got to be different that's floors. But if you, Frank, if you go to the outskirts right now, like if you go out east and you're out in Limoges, Embram, Rockland, all that, and you go west, you're out in Pakenham, Armprior, and all those areas. Well, Armprior, Greg lives out there, so that that I mean, he's the mayor of Armprior, so he has to approve any building that's going on out there. <laughs> But you go to those areas, and there's a lot of track home builders in there, a lot of new home builders right now, and some of them are building no living rooms, making it a den, because there are still people working from home. So during COVID, there was a lot of builders who scrapped the living room and made it a den so people had an office working from home because there was sometimes it was the the man and the woman the couple dining room they, they were I, one I, was at the kitchen table one was up yeah. in a bedroom or a dining room so we saw the shifts and some builders saw that and builders started cook, uh, started uh, building with with dens rather than living rooms they don't still build a formal dining room do they they do they really do but when was but, the last time you but guys more coming back though I've heard is is like we we just went to fully open. And apparently they're coming back now. Some people are asking they want the clothes. Now, it's probably because they've been working from home. They want that dining room to be just a dining room where, you know, we've gone and just made the whole thing open, Yeah, uh, which a lot of builders have been doing for the last number of years. But but I'm hearing that some clients are coming back saying, uh-uh, I want that wall there. I'd like to have my dining room separate from that's, I, kitchen, I, so. Builders are still building all open right now. I mean, there might be an appetite from from some people, but... Open concept is still the, the most popular way to go. And, and keep in mind, it's cheaper for a builder to build that way too, right? So the open concept. So still very popular, but you're right. Like, you know, during during COVID, we needed some separate space. And that's why you'd have people working in the kitchen. You'd have, you know, the kids working at their schoolwork up in the bedrooms. And it was it was a crazy some time. Some relationships but, still want that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But no, it was a, it was a, during COVID, we, we really pivoted and shifted from what was the actual norm of what we were living like. Uh, and we changed into into different living habits, different, uh, just totally different habits. And and I think we're coming back to the norm a little bit more. But there's lots of th- lots of things that will never change for the better, right? So, uh, but as far as the open concept, still 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 very very popular amongst builders is the open concept. But a lot of builders now are building a lot of high density. Yeah. They're making more money building the townhomes, the condos, the you know the more more it's more affordable. More, yeah, more affordable. Absolutely, uh, they're making they're doing a very good job of making building affordable in the country too. When you go into the outskirts, much more affordable because uh, we saw that shift people going out to the outskirts because they didn't have to work because they were able to work from home. They didn't have to go into the office, so people were shifting to the outskirts. I think we might see as as people are forced back to work. I think we might see people start coming back into more into the suburbia and the core and, and less into the into the outskirts. But you know what? There's still a lot of employee a lot of employers, sorry, that uh, are still have sort of a hybrid model and and you know sometimes it's three days a week in the office some days it's two days a week in the office uh, i personally think it sucks i'd like to see everyone back in the office and be more productive and someone will say oh i'm more productive at home that's a lie you're not more productive at home <laughs> totally totally I, i'm still how do you feel about this paul oh i'm i'm, I'm <laughs> says still paul who works from home yeah I'm st- <laughs> says paul who works from home uh, I, I know i work mainly from the office but i i will work from home but you know if, you if, know someday maybe if you work hard you'll own the company and you'll yeah. be able to tell them what you want yeah it's the worst one is the girl who's going to be watching this jocelyn she's the worst one i can't get her 
back to the office. And, well, look into the camera. And... Get back yeah. to the office, Jocelyn. Jeez. Cut. Greg, make sure you cut that one for me, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. When we come back, have rates topped out? Is there only one way to go now? And hopefully it's down. The money boys are going to tell you. 521-521-8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back. Hey, last weekend of winter. Is it last weekend of winter? Yeah, Monday, 524 in the afternoon. It is officially springtime. Well, Frank and I were talking about that on the way to where I usually buy breakfast, but Frank actually <laughs> bought it this time. On the way there, we're saying, you know what? The rain yesterday, getting rid of some of the snow is nice. I it's heard some the... geese this morning. They're yep. coming back. Yeah. Everything is looking good, except what? How are we doing with rates? Are rates topped out now? Do we see nothing but good things for the next year? Well, it's been a roller coaster week. So for everything that's happened, uh, you know, over the last week, some of the bank failures and the bailouts and everything that's happened, you would think that bond markets would continually come down. But instead, we saw roller coaster days where you'd start off the morning and the first two hours, the bond market would con- come down a quarter point and you think that's going to continue and Boom, just like that. In a 30-minute span, it's gone back up 20 points. Because and of government announcements? Yeah, or? like like every announcement now spurs what the bond market does and the investors are doing. So I don't know. I mean, Avish, you yeah, saw the same I, thing, right? I think it's what's going on in, in the States affecting us and, and cause the bond yields to go down. But if you look at bond forwards one year from now, Canada's five-year yield is supposed to drop to around 2.55%. So that's a half point lower than today. Uh, so while that number doesn't mean too much, I think it's a, it's the direction of magnitude due. I think it's a signal that, uh, despite disappointing inflation signs and, and everything that's going on that I think the market are expecting, you know, bond in the future to go down a little bit. It's, it's the trend it's pointing to. Right. And I think if, if what's continuing to happen with the banks, that another bank goes, there's another runoff in the States, more pressure will be put in the bond market. So Not the forecast for the though. latest inflation, which is coming well, it's out Tuesday. on Tuesday, Tuesday, the CPI announcement. The forecast Tuesday. looks good. They're forecasting about five point four, which is down a little bit, right? Aren't we five point four an hour? No, five eight or five nine. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's what the forecast is. So, if it comes in at five point six, <clears> then look out. I mean, you know, it gives the Bank of Canada some ammunition to say maybe we might have to do one more increase, but. Not yeah, likely. But then you got the banks in the states too. So are they? Just well, the banks. So the bank went up a quarter point. I think it was this week, right? The yeah. Feds in the U.S. So they went now. No, no. I mean the trouble with the banks. So are the, yes, those yeah, two yeah. should the balance feds, out, right? Despite everything that happened on the weekend, the Fed still went up a quarter point on Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever it was. But they were expecting it to be a half or three quarters, and then that quickly got brought down to a quarter point, based on the fact of of uh, some of the bank failures and the fact that they're projecting that there could be more of them. Because again, in the U.S., there's 4,800 regional banks, or in Canada, there's five or six major banks. So it's a totally different environment down there, and there's more chance of and, – and it was interesting to read some of the stories on it with the SVB banks. So generally what you see is you see lineups of people withdrawing their money, but technology today prevented that from happening. It was all happening, and social media the, – the feds are actually looking at how, how much a part social media played because – all these investors, they've got their own little groups, and they were all telling each other, you better get out of it, SVB Bank. And all of a sudden, you were seeing millions and millions of dollars coming out, which which really caused some of the 
some of the issues. Yeah, no, I think also one thing not to forget is we're still likely to get a, a mini recession, whether it's a technical recession. That's still going to have an impact on the yields. And also with what's going on with the bank, a mini banking panic going on, the runoff, yeah. all that combined, I, I definitely, and when you look at the bond forward pricing in a, you know, a, a drop from where we are today at, you know, 2.9 to 2.55, that signals that the market, the bond yields is going to continue to drop. Which uh, would bring interest rates which down. Would, correct. <clears throat> and someone could hedge today, and that's why you're seeing the uh, market, all the rates coming down. Yeah. Where all the lenders are doing the same thing. So Except we, for the big banks. The big banks, the, big banks are still keeping their spreads high. They've got bigger capital requirements. I think that's the issue that's with right. the big yeah, banks, Yeah, right? they have to hold on a lot more capital. And I mean, I think right now, because of the volatility, you don't want to <laughs> sort of you know, be faced with a liquidity crisis. So everyone's sort of keeping a little bit of a war chest, trying to see what's going on. So why don't we get you to sell your company, get into the big banks, we'll all get better rates. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like I said, the big banks don't cater to some markets that we do, right? Yeah. So we're we're in the uninsured uh, B space, and there are borrowers that need us, and that's what we're here for. Yeah. And, the and good quality borrowers. And good quality borrowers that's had life events, you know, uh, divorces or lost their jobs and things like that's happened and a sickness. And, and we help them get back on their feet. And a lot of the of our borrowers go into our B space and then they transition to the uh, prime on insurer or even on the A side. What Once, kind of credit scores are you getting in your B space? Our book is very strong. Yeah. Uh, I would say average uh, beacon is, 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 I would say, low 700s, mid wow. 700s. Very so strong. these are people who just... Falling upon just hard bad times, luck. Yeah, yeah, bad, one, luck. bad luck, yeah. life event. I mean, yeah. Frank has, I mean, seen so many yeah. uh, clients that we've worked with that he's brought to us, and they're now they're now doing well. They bounce back. Yeah, yep. they're blips, right? Yeah, everyone goes through it, and there's yeah. no, I mean, you know, you look at Beacon scores, one factor, and their pay, repayment history, but you know, at the end of the day, things can happen. You know, <laughs> well, you miss one phone bill, that's going to impact your credit yeah. score. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, you talk way. about inflation. You know what the inflation rate is in Argentina right now? 102%. Yeah. Wow. Wow. 102%. Boy, how high would our rates have to be to combat that? <laughs> yeah. uh, people are struggling at 5 6 7% these days. And, like, the everyday person is hurting right now. They yeah. are, they've had to cut some of the stuff that they would normally do. They've had to cut it away. And I feel for restaurants that went through, you know, quite the turmoil during COVID with the shutdowns and everything. And now that they've gotten back on their feet, the inflation hits and the inflation numbers uh, happen and, and boom, like people are going to start to not go to restaurants anymore. And, but it's, it's everything. Like, have you, have you tried to buy a car recently? Like the rates on cars, like the lease rates on cars, 7.9, 8.9. I'm like, what happened to like the 1.9? Those those are gone. You know, like I, I went, I went to try to get a car for my daughter the other day. And the payment because of the, the the rate it was so high, she's getting way less car for more money right now. It's just it's crazy. So it's just everything. It's not just you know housing that we're talking about. We're talking groceries, restaurants, cars. Everything is just unattainable right now for a lot of people. What's the overall mood on the street that you see now? You see optimism. optimism. Yeah, I, I do see optimism. I mean, Greg, you're in and out of lots of homes, meeting with lots of sellers and buyers. I mean, you're probably seeing a lot of optimism there too. Uh, I just I just find that the last. That last rate announcement was the big one. When that rate announcement came that just holding steady, 
I knew it was going to change things. If they would have raised rates right there, I think it just would have popped that pin because people were starting to see prices coming down. They're like, wow, I can get back into the market. I don't have to buy a condo, let's say. I can now buy a townhome because it's not $750 anymore. It's now $599. So there's a lot more optimism. And you see that walking into buyers and sellers' houses a lot, eh, Greg? Yep, there you go. Oh, yeah, definitely. i seeing it a lot with the sellers now, too. And yeah. I, I think like what you were saying in the first segment is, you know, they're just more used to the, the, the rate atmosphere now and, you know, where things are, looking at that next home, realizing that it's not going to be a sale in, you know, four days, yeah. six days, you know, with 30 offers. Like, you know, those people are accepting what the market is now. Yeah. You know, and so that optimism is definitely back in the market. There, there still is the odd seller that thinks they're going to hit a home run, though. There, I mean, <laughs> I'm I, sure the odd one does. And guess who gets to deal with them all the time? Me. <laughs> hey, hey. Paul, can you call my seller? He thinks his house is worth a million dollars and it's worth six hundred. You know? Oh, oh yeah, really? oh yeah. We're still seeing some of those that, you know, they they see what happened over the last you know two years of the pandemic and. But the, you know what? You go back a year ago. That was not reality. It never happened before. It may never happen again. So this time last year, from where we started in January, we were up $100,000 on our average sale price. $100,000 as of like this point last year from January of 2022. We will never see that again. We'll never see that again. I do think we are going to see a version of that though very, very soon as, you know, if the rates start to tumble a little bit, you know, the optimism's there. I mean, we're seeing a lot of buyers and sellers that, I mean, before, usually one group has to win and one group has to lose. And when, during during the pandemic, we saw the, the sellers were winning and the buyers were losing. Right now, we're seeing the buyers winning and the sellers not being as happy. We are going to get to that point again where the sellers are hitting home runs and the buyers are not happy. Again. But it was a perfect storm last year. You had the lowest rates in history yeah. and the highest prices in history. Yep, yep. It was it was a absolute perfect storm. And it's, uh, you know, when we were in that, we never thought it was going to end, right? We, we said, oh, is this going to continue? I mean, how, how does this stop? The ball was rolling so quick. How do you stop that ball from rolling down the down the hill? But guess what? Eight interest rate hikes did it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, will, I will caution that Bank of Canada did say they would not be afraid to raise again uh, should inflation remain sticky. Yeah. And, you know, we have to remember our unemployment numbers were quite low. I mean, we had... 150,000 jobs created in January, which no one expected such high numbers. And I believe we were in the 20,000, 22,000s in Feb. So, you know, we have a very resilient market and and job numbers are strong. I mean, as long as unemployment remains low, and I believe inflation will continue to to be sticky. So uh, So what's your sense over the next year? You know, I... I know it's crystal ball time, but... It's hard to say, but, you know, I I do expect unemployment numbers to to increase. I I do expect that. I think... Especially uh, if we go into a mini recession, right? Exactly. Even if it is a mini. Yeah, even if it's a mini or technical one, I do expect those numbers to trend up, and then then that should sort of push the rates down. Like, the banks will... The Bank of Canada will have to cut the rates if that happens. But... At least that's that's my forecast. But every day yeah. lately, it's been different. I could tell you where bonds, like I said, bond yields a week ago or a month ago, uh, 60 basis points higher, now down six. Like those volatility, uh, we haven't seen that in a while. So. Probably in your guys' field, just like in my field, if someone said, what do you predict is going to happen in the last six months? <laughs> For the first time in history, I could say... No clue. Yeah. <laughs> no clue. Imagine if I asked you two years ago. Yeah. I, I, I never would have thought what exactly what, what happened. I never would have thought our average sale price would have done what it did. Uh, just like in your guys' field, like, what, what are the rates going to do? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But I, I will know. say that is if you look at the uh, equity market, even the bond market, real estate still remains a good investment. Yeah. Anybody who's invested before, 
I could tell you, even prior to the pandemic, is probably still higher on the equity today. Well, I'll tell you, the conversations I have for clients that I'm talking to that did a mortgage five years ago, it's like, what do you want to talk about? The good news or the bad news? Because let's start with the good news. So when I did your mortgage, you bought your house five years ago. You bought it for $385,000. Today, what do you think it's worth? Six hundred. I said $215,000 tax-free. You just made in five years. Yeah. So, yes, the interest rates are higher. The bad news, the interest rates are higher. But you went from 5% down. You now have more than 50% equity in your home. If we sat down five years ago and I told you that, you wouldn't believe it. No. You, you would give your left arm to say that you've got 50% equity and your house is worth 600. So let's focus on the good stuff. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, the rates are not bad. I mean, a lot of them five years ago that I'm seeing are coming up for renewal. 329, 339 for five years. It's so not today, terrible. Yeah. we can go to 469. It's not horrific. I mean, yeah. yes, it's an increase. But would you give up the 1%, 1.5% for an extra $250,000 worth of equity in a heartbeat. That's some of the conversations I'm having with sellers too, Frank. Like we have a lot of sellers who are really upset with themselves because they've missed the market, right? They they should have sold last year when they had the opportunity. But and if I, they were going to buy, yeah, it's an easy it was, conversation. Exactly. If you were going to buy, you would have yeah. paid way but, more than you are today too. But the other thing I say to them, I say, guys, if we were in a normal market, we didn't go through what we went through in those in that time frame period. Right now I'm telling your house is worth seven hundred grand. If we didn't go through that crazy period, you'd probably be worth 525, 550. So you've built up a lot of equity, a lot of appreciation. Uh, just be thankful. Yes, we're coming down the other side of the mountain, but we're nowhere near the bottom. We're still up high. Like the average sale price is still very, very high. So it's just, it's setting expectations with buyers and with sellers in, in what's happened over the last two years and trying to make it a win-win for everyone is the biggest thing right now. You know, there's only one thing we know for sure, and that's when Mr. Buck sees that Frank's on the phone ready to talk to him, it's going to be a long conversation. Yes. Five two one talk five two one eight two five five. We will be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk five eighty CFRA. Uh, welcome back. Just before we uh, get into business again, there's something a very important announcement coming up at the end of the show from Paul. <laughs> It's oh, not, there is, is there? I have a special birthday. A That's very, right. Wow. A very special birthday. Yes, it's I It's not do. your birthday, is it? It's, it's coming, coming soon. Up, coming soon. You, you want to start announcing your birthday now? For, I know, think so. I think now? so. Yes, I'd like to. It's and April 22nd, so yeah. we'll start announcing <laughs> yeah, yeah. that every a week. A month early? All every right. Week. We'll Why not? Get the gifts ready. Yeah. The hint is- Cash is always welcome. The hint is the birthday belongs to four legs. Oh. That is correct. That is correct. And not twins. Not, and not twins. Wow. <laughs> and he is he is my son. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a very furry son. <laughs> He's more hairy than Frank. Harry <laughs> uh, Paul, what are we doing this week to get ready to sell? I imagine cleanup is going to be number one on the list. Outdoor cleanup and curb appeal. Curb appeal is absolutely everything. And this is the time of year, especially going forward over the next two to three weeks. It's sloppy. It's sloppy and ugly. Grass is brown. Gardens. Hopefully you've cut back the gardens in the fall and you don't have to do it now. Uh, Gardens look terrible. Everything looks terrible on the outside. So you have to find a way to spruce up your house and make it look inviting to get people through the door. So curb appeal right now, get out there. I know it's early, but as soon as that snow melts, get out there and rake your grass, make it look green as as early as possible. But it's always a tough time. The good news is, is everybody's in the same boat, but not everyone's trying to sell. So you have to make sure your house shows that much better than everybody else's. 
get people through the door. Curb appeal will get curb appeal will get people through the door. Super important this time of year. Uh, when you're taking pictures, is that what you're looking for? <laughs> Things that are like no dog poop on the lawn. <laughs> well, that's what Photoshop's for. So uh, <laughs> I've seen you Greg. Know, I've oh, seen there's Greg. Another one. Oh, I've seen Greg Photoshop just about everything from uh, you know dog poo to a stripper pole. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it's and I mean the other thing too, like with the snow melting and it's kind of that dirty, gungy snow underneath. We'll I'll Photoshop it kind of to look white on the outside. Like we'll we'll make the photos. That's where people are seeing your home. Right, first, yeah. that's their yeah. first impression is online first. People are a little more forgiving after they've had to drive through that muck and get to your house. Yeah. But you know, we'll we'll make sure in the photos that it, it shines. You should have seen what Greg did to my house. I had my big house in Navin there. My pool, I remember the pool he made blue again. Yeah, my pool was closed. It was completely closed with a tarp on it. My hot tub in ground spa did not look great, and he had it looking all nice with steam coming off. He had the pool being blue. He even had my fire pits working. Yeah. He He's fire. an amazing photo editor. Obviously, it doesn't transcend to video, though. Oh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. That's, why, that's why feature films take a year to make. Yeah. <laughs> There's, should he have to Photoshop me? I, don't, I wouldn't think so. I mean, this, is, this is perfect, Steve. Come on. All right. Final question for you guys. Variable or fixed these days? This is going to be a real toss-up, isn't it? It really is. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I think if you have a mortgage com- coming up for renewal with your bank, I think it's a good idea to shop around and talk to a mortgage broker because the banks just aren't very competitive on their mortgage rates right now. And it's in your best interest to at least give yourself a chance to get a better rate, especially with rates being elevated, uh, to talk to a mortgage broker. But, you know, for some customers, I'm, tr- I'm in my opinion, I think going variable is short-term pain, long-term gain. If rates are coming down, you'll take a little bit of a hit on the rate right now. And it's not about staying in the variable for the entire five-year term. It's about trying to time the market so that you might be able to get into a five-year fixed six months from now or nine months from now. And maybe it's in the low fours or high threes as opposed to being in the mid to high fours. And if it's with a bank, it's in the mid to high five. So one year, um, one year too high still. One year still too high. The the one year bond yields are, uh, you know, that you're close to six percent on a one and a two year. There's some lenders that have promotions on three years. We have a lender that came out this <laughs> week with a four year promotion, but you know, there's a four year four six four or five year four six nine with MCAN. You know, I don't know that the one year makes a difference. Then, if you want yeah. that, you know, if you're worried about rates continuing to go up, then take the five year and don't don't jeopardize. But we don't know. We don't know where markets like we don't even know where markets are going to be from month to month. Never mind four or five years from now. But so whatever it's you can trending, it, yeah. But it's trending downwards. We know it's trending downwards. And if the recession, depending on how deep the recession is, will play a part in how much the rates come down as well. Bank of Canada is expected to cut rates, and as much as the cuts, I think, will be minuscule this year. I think the cuts will be much bigger next year, uh, especially if inflation gets back down to that two percent range. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. I think I think inflation is on track. I think they will hit their 2% target. I mean, they're very focused on that. And they're not going to, you know, sort of, they're going to keep the, the gas pedal on until yeah. they hit that. Uh, and I think, like Frank said, it's up to the board's preference. I know people who need that peace of mind. They need to know that I'm locked in at that rate. I'm comfortable. My cash flow is, you know, whatever it is at 469. I'm okay with that. I can manage that. Then I would say, yeah, if that's what you need, you need that peace of mind, go for it. Uh, if if you're you know able to ride the little higher variable today and and if, and long term it'll go down we know that uh, then I would say take take a variable if you if you're a little bit more you know you don't need that the stability of payment you don't need to know every time what your payments are going to be and if it goes up or down a little bit because the Bank of Canada rate could go up 
So then you would have a little increase in payment. If you can withstand that, I would say do the variable. You guys are absolutely no help whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> it's case by case, really. It really is. <laughs> hey, it was great to have you on the show. No, thanks yeah, for having thank me, you. guys. Yeah, My yeah. pleasure. Hey, Paul, why don't you do your birthday first because I got a special one. Oh, you got a special one. Well, I do I, have I, a special one. I have a special one, too. There you go. Uh, last week, I totally missed my son's birthday. Wow. <laughs> my son, who turns 19 years old, he turned on the 13th, so happy birthday, Hunter. Turned into such a great kid, too. Um, and also, my fur baby, Chevy. My dog, is his birthday's on the 25th, so I wanted to wish Chevy wow. a happy birthday. But how old? Or, or does he prefer doesn't not? Even know. Does he prefer he doesn't you know. don't mention? Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I think he's turning four. I think he's turning four. And if that's wrong, my girlfriend's going to kill me when I get home. Yeah. Uh, for me, I've got uh, Melissa Doxy, Robert Bourne, Darren Keck from our office Kecker. celebrating their birthdays this week. Kecker, uh, our good family friend Carla Natoli, celebrated her birthday. She's now a junior senior, and and my important birthday is my amazing father who turns 91 years old on Tuesday. So happy birthday, Papa. So happy birthday, Dad. Happy Happy birthday. birthday. Yeah. So have a great week, everybody. Happy spring. Yep. Please continue to support local businesses and charities, everyone.